Welcome to episode number 18 of Central Intelligence Cinema. Today, we've got an Intel report on deck featuring the Bond news that everyone is currently talking about. And if you've ever received a box with a smile printed on it, you probably know where this is going. <laughs> but with that, take it away, Pierce. Beg your pardon, forgot to knock. <laughs> Welcome to the CIC, initiating security clearance. My name is Napoleon Soto. Bond. James Bond. Ethan Hunt. Felix Slater. Ilya Kuriaki. Identity confirmed. Now, pay attention, Welcome to Central Intelligence Cinema, a podcast dedicated to spy movies and secret agent pop culture. Your mission, should you decide to accept it. Remember, nothing ever goes according to plan. Tom, what do you think you're doing? Even the British and Coming to you from an undisclosed location somewhere beneath a warehouse lair of an evil super billionaire, it's a Central Intelligence Cinema Podcast. I'm Jason Greenberg, and with me, as always, Ben Esslinger. Hey, Jason. How's it going, man? (laughs) Great. How are you today, Ben? (laughs) I'm just peachy. It's good to be back at the CIC had a little little break here from the old podcast had to meet with some family how did they find you at your undisclosed location well you know my mother has the highest clearance if if it's your mother she just knew where you were at she has where you were at i mean you know she has yeah it's like spidey sense but (laughs) any sense something like that But uh, yeah, we got ourselves a little uh, Intel report here and talk about stuff. I mean, I, I haven't heard any news lately that that Bond fans have been talking about at all. Have you? No, it's been like I'll, a Bond wasteland. Yeah, I mean, like nobody said anything in the past three days like, at all. If this was an Amazon rainforest, it would be completely desolate of trees that were converted into cardboard boxes. That's how much of a wasteland bond information has been for the last week or two. Yes. <laughs> well, we'll just have to see what the, uh, what the secretary uh, sent down for us. Today. All right, then should we get into it? Let's do it. Looking for a news story. Impress me. Transmitting CIC Intel dossier. They'll print anything these days. All right. So before we get into what everybody is probably thinking I'm going to talk about first, let's talk about one thing first. That's some kind of late breaking news, actually, that I found out literally hours before we are sitting here recording and will probably be announced tomorrow because tomorrow would have been Ian Fleming's 113th birthday. And uh, they made a little uh, tweety on on the Twitter. Uh <laughs> saying that to celebrate his birthday, they were going to announce something. And then there was a follow-up tweet I saw by MI6HQ, those those fine fellows that seem to know have the inside route on stuff like this. Uh, They have indicated that they are probably announcing Anthony Horowitz's third Bond continuation novel. So that's kind of a nice, exciting, and not messy subject to talk about. Absolutely. (laughs) Also, alternately, uh, not to go against those fine fellows, but maybe they could just be announcing the thing that we're going to be talking about, too. 
Well, no, no, they've already <laughs> talked about that at length. Oh, have they? Okay, oh, well, yeah. they, they got the jump on us. But we have some extra information that has just come out today. <laughs> <laughs> because this is an ongoing news story, we have just a couple things that that they were not able to touch on. <laughs> but not that it matters one way or the other. <laughs> not really, no. It really doesn't, because it'll probably change the very next day after that. <laughs> absolutely till the ink is dry you never know you, you never know you never know i am hopeful uh on this book though um, yeah so the first two books horowitz has kept the books within the ian fleming timeline um, okay and so i'm sort of hoping he keeps with that because it was kind of fun for example that in trigger mortis the story happens right after goldfinger ends because Pussy Galore is in it at the beginning. and Pussy Galore or? Pusher. 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 Pusher Galore. So, so yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we get another one of those. Because I kind of like when they do that. When they mm-hmm. sort of add a little flavor in from the movies or from the, from the originals. To, to give it that sort of like continuation where it's a true continuation of Ian Fleming material. So, so this is period stuff from fifties. I'm assuming it would have to be. Yeah, I guess it would have to be fifties and sixties if it if it is continuation. Is at least if it's continuation within the Fleming books, right? And not necessarily the movies. If it goes to the, if it changes over into movies, all bets are off. But well, yeah, we're going into Time Lord territory there, and that's something completely different. <laughs> exactly. But uh, so that'll be interesting. I suppose we could like do like a little post a post production thing right here where we like go, yeah, that's a that's a great name for a book. I wonder what that's going to be about. I'm excited. I'm really <laughs> glad they announced that. Man, what a title! Yeah, <laughs> you need to make it sound more robotic because there's no joke there unless it sounds like you obviously plugged it in there. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Well, this yes. new book to be named later sounds amazing. It's really <laughs> amazing how it sticks within the continuity of the other novels. And <laughs> leaving all that in. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's about all we can milk out of that story. <laughs> I suppose we should uh, move right along into the uh, the brown boxed news. That I got to say, before we say anything else, I can't imagine why Wonder Woman and all of her sisters on Themyscira would be at all interested in a movie company. Yeah. <laughs> Beats the heck out of me. I have no idea. <laughs> especially, especially one being run by Lex Luthor. Come on. I mean, right? Why come would on. you? Th- come on. So, unless you're living under a rock, you know that it was reported yesterday that the acquisition of MGM by Amazon is a done deal. But done deal is a little bit of an overstretch, I should say. It has been agreed upon. Yeah. And that they have they have agreed that they would like to purchase MGM for $8.45 billion. Right. So, Way too much money for what they're getting, but I guess he's got the money to spend. Yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that Every you know the fact that it was worth, it was valued so much less than that by so many other interested parties. It's a little questionable. Well, I'll tell you, I I read an interesting article kind of about that, and um, you know the it seems the pundits out there in the financial world are kind yes. of 
looking at them as they're not buying it so much for obviously to make things as they are to have things to put on Prime to continue to encourage the people that invest in Prime to keep investing into Prime because Prime makes them literally hundreds of billions of dollars. Yes. Just for people paying for money to get stuff shipped faster and to watch content, which I, Hey, I'm one of those guys. So I'm I'm not saying it, but when you think about the amount of revenue that is just being generated by that, even dropping almost $9 billion for something just to get a few movies in RoboCop and James Bond. Right. Right. You know, um, well, makes I mean, it well worth it because if you could keep it, it, it keeps people retained on the prime service. They just keep, you know, writing checks, man. We, exactly. We have money. exactly. If you want to binge watch the handmaid's tale now, you can do that. And in the meantime, you're like, Oh, well I need this thing for my door. Uh, I can just order it on Amazon now and it's free shipping. So well, that's the other thing. It's they a said win-win that, for me. <laughs> they said that people with prime spend almost twice as much annually as people who don't have prime. On oh, of Amazon. course, because people in their minds, I mean, even I'm guilty of that. Like that's the only way I can rationalize having it. <laughs> I have, to, <laughs> if I'm going to pay for prime, I'm going to, you know, find the stuff that I can get on prime, you know, where I don't have to pay shipping and yep, I, I spent way too much money on Amazon prime <laughs> purchases during the pandemic because I didn't want to leave the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they want to retain all those people that did that. Exactly. Um, but- now I will say as far as what it means for bond, it's probably in the short term, not much at all. Um, there was an interesting article from, well, there's been a lot of articles from variety about all this. Um, But one little quote that I'm going to read here real quick that they said, they said, however, companies that kicked the tires on MGM when it was being quietly shopped in recent months had expressed shock over the price that Amazon was willing to pay for the studio. They believe the studio was worth more on the order of $5 billion to $6 billion with the assumption of some debt. This was due in part to the fact that MGM shares the rights to the Bond franchise with Eon Productions. That company, which is run by half-siblings Barbara Broccoli and Michael G. Wilson, as we all know, has an unusual amount of control over the Spy series. They approve everything from marketing to casting to distribution. This means that Amazon will struggle to get their sign-off on any move to, say, debut the next Bond film on its streaming service, Amazon Prime. So that that's why you're not going to see a whole lot of difference with the Bond franchise. What I did find... I was reading another article from from MI, the guys over at MI6HQ, and, and they brought up a good point. One of the things, you know, a lot of people are like really hoping that uh, now that Bond has a has is under ownership, or at least the the studio ownership for Bond is now a company that is thriving, that maybe we'll start to see quicker turnaround on new Bond movies. Now, my problem with that is is that the broccolis just do whatever the hell they want to do mm-hmm. and they do it on their own time scale and they don't really give a shit about what anybody else wants, you know, and they've spent more time lately on independent little indie passion projects than they have on bond, quite frankly. And, and they're going to do what they're going to do. Now I will say that it would not surprise me if, if Amazon said, well, we'll give you an incentive 
uh, we'll finance, let's, let's say we'll finance like your next couple of passion project movies. If, if you agree to these terms where you put out three new, three new bond movies in the next seven years or something like that to sort of help accelerate that, to sort of give them some sort of motivation to push, push the franchise forward instead of just sitting on it. Like they really could, if they wanted to. Right. Well, and I think, you know, from that standpoint, that's also a kind of bone they could throw into them in terms of the distribution, making an Amazon only. But I think something that I had read on the subject was that because of the the control that Eon has, um, a lot of the things that Amazon might look into doing with this uh, treasure trove of whatever, why not make a RoboCop TV series? you know, young Rocky Jr., animated cartoon, or Rocky Balboa. <laughs> um, all of those opportunities that they have there, you know, the one that's right for the picking is James Bond. Uh, you know, but they uh, have no, they have no, but they have whatsoever. no ability to do that yeah. unless they dangle the carrot, right? Right, you exactly. Know, and say, look, we really want Alan Porter's dream show with Felix Leiter and Tanaka as a buddy cop thing and whatever else. Right. right. We're going to make that. And, and then they do because they're like, but you can make these two little dumb things over here that you like, we'll put them in <laughs> and distribute them for you and do whatever, whatever you need to do. I just, I have to wonder at some point, generationally speaking, I mean, how old, how old is Barbara Broccoli? And, well, and that's the and thing. I mean, Michael Wilson, that is the that is the thing because Michael G. Wilson's in his seventies now, and he's largely just kind of watching it all happen and not really doing a whole lot anymore. He's sort of he's set on record that the Bond movies tire him out now. So there's that, and then Barbara Broccoli, I believe, is sixty, somewhere around sixty. So she could still probably go for another ten sure. years. I'm I'm guessing, and you know, put out another you know three four movies or whatever. Um, but, but at some point in time, it's going to reach somebody in that genealogy tree that doesn't care anymore. Right. And it's they, just going to Amazon's going to be like, and how much do we make the checkout for? <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. You know, it's, it's got to come at some point. You got to think. Yeah. And maybe they, they could be playing the long game on it. Maybe it's a shorter game than we think. I mean, they're, who knows what's happening on the English side of all of this yeah. um, and, and people like and don't like and whatever they want to do. I mean, you could think of a huge payout just to get the rights to bond exclusively. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, how much- the, 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 the other thing about it is you really would have to wait for them to sort of become tiresome of, of making movies altogether because yeah. they won't sell any time when they still want to make movies of any kind. Because Eon as itself is a tiny company. It's, right. lit- it's literally less than 30 people. It's like a tiny, it's like a very small production company that just happens to have this really, really, really expensive proper intellectual property. Right. You know, yeah, it reminds just- me of another like little company called Lucasfilm. Oh yeah, they, yeah. I think I've heard they had, of them. They had nothing going on, but then they had this one movie. Oh, this I think it wasn't like a space spaghetti western. Yeah, yeah thing. it was like it was, it was like some uh, weird. Uh, yeah, Battle of the Stars, uh, something like that. Oh, yeah. you know what it was? It was Trekking Battle Across the Universe of Stars. That's what it was called. Sure. Yes, of course. I, I'm of actually course. wearing a shirt from that. It, the, uh, the it says right here: the battle across the universe of stars as striking the umpire goes back. Um, and yes, so yes, it's a, re- that, it's a really long is. title. 
But I mean, you know what? Even Lucas gave up eventually. Eventually. And, then and he, he was regretted it immediately. It. Yeah, and but then he was bitter about it. <laughs> but he even reached a point where he's like, I, I just don't want to do Star Wars movies anymore. <laughs> I want to go make other movies about coloring and shapes and things. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, yeah. I don't think all we're going to see on this for the foreseeable future is yes, it went through. Yes, this is going to happen. Then Bond's going to release. No Time to Die is going to come out. Right. Um, and then we're going to start seeing butting heads. Yes. And that's when them. the battle begins. Now, I will say, though, that I did see something. One of the many articles that I've read over the past couple of days that apparently Barbara Broccoli is quite friendly with one of the heads at Amazon. Um, I forget what her name is, but apparently she gets along with them. So maybe I don't who knows, maybe if she comes in with some extra energy to help so, sort of propel Mm-hmm. You know, like some more content forward. Maybe, maybe she can convince Babs to to move move her feet just a little quicker. Uh, you know, I think I think it's a huge opportunity to grow the franchise with a company that's known for being able to take other franchises and do things with it. Yeah, you know, and I mean, nobody wants to see a James Bond TV show. No, okay, I, I don't want to see it now. A forty four minute James Bond thing, even if it's ten episodes long, following an arc. James yeah. Bond is movies. Yes, absolutely. But the entire universe that's involved. Right. You know, you there's there's so much room there and it only grows the franchise, especially if you make it more appealing to a broader audience. Right. Now, I will say that I do. Uh, the, there's part of me that is kind of glad that that Eon is still sort of the the, the cog in the machine because. While I do want more Bond content, I don't want an MCU situation where we're being bombarded with content literally every three months, like yeah. new stuff and, and trying the Marvel Comics universe. It, it works the way they do it with the movies with that. But the the reason it works is because there are so many different characters in there. There's this whole slew of, of side characters but how mm-hmm. many side characters do you really want to see with their own adventures in the Bond universe? There's really, I don't right. know if there's been enough. I don't think there's enough out there to like really, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe there's enough, you know, new characters that have been created in some of the Bond comics, but I feel like it's not as deep of a, you know, treasure trove as far as creating expanded universe stuff right. versus just focusing on Bond himself. Well, the difference, the big difference there is that Marvel is a serialized medium from the get go. Every Mm -hmm. month you crank out a new story. Maybe you get a two or three story arc back in the old days. Mm -hmm. But every one of those books was geared to first time reader can walk in and know exactly what's going on. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. There's three pages of exposition before you even get to the meat of the story in every episode or every Mm -hmm. issue. James Bond is not a serialized storyline. You may have connected elements, but at the end of the day, it's a novel, it's a novel, it's a novel, which translates to it's a movie, it's a movie, it's a movie, Mm -hmm. right? If you really wanted to, a six to 10 episode series, but then you're filler, 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 filler. All of a sudden, you're you're getting three Hobbit movies when you only needed one because you're (laughs) trying to make more than was actually there in the source material. Right. Um, So, no, I agree. I think Eon being the gatekeeper is good. Because they will have a protect a vested interest in protecting the franchise. Yeah. 
as opposed to Amazon, who will be like, but money. Right. <laughs> right. Well, it kind of makes me think of, of like, you know, you think of like the Beatles or, or you know, any good rock band where um, sometimes butting heads is good. Mm-hmm. Where you get one person that really wants to do this one thing and then you get this other person that's like, no, 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 we need to dial that back. And that's exactly what we have here in it. And I think in the end that that actually is a is a plus for everyone. If, right. if, if it maintains, but that's a that also makes for a volatile situation that is hard to contain and keep from going one way or the other. That's true. Well, I think Amazon is kind of established. They have a track record like Netflix where they're just like, this looks like a great idea. Here's some money. Go do it. Right. And they don't they don't normally throw themselves into the, that controlling ring per se. Mm-hmm. They give they, you know, they think the idea is good. They give enough money to make a season of it. If it works, they give them more money to make more. Mm-hmm. But I, from a control perspective, I don't think they like to control their creative. Right. Uh, because, well, Maybe all companies maybe, do. Maybe all companies Amazon. do. Yeah. But um, they're really more betting on the premise. Right. We're going to give you the money to do this. If it pans out, great. If it doesn't, maybe you got something else. Right. right? But because Bond is a thing, mm-hmm. right, I feel like they will have to try and exercise their influence a little more. Because mm-hmm. the potential is there. It doesn't mean that they can't say, yeah, that's a great idea in the Bond universe. We'll let you do whatever you want. But they may be willing to fight more to get that idea sure. in there than maybe they would on just like, oh, you want to make a movie about a superhero with lots of blood? You want to do an animated? Okay, let's do that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing I haven't brought up yet is we don't even know if this is actually going to go through because Amy Klobuchar, uh, <laughs> has already perked her ears up after, uh, this news got out and she's currently pushing for a, for a department of justice investig- investigation into the sale. So I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll happen either. Yeah. I don't Political think, posturing from somebody who should mind her own business. I mean, I don't think she'll stop it. It, you know, if if they were going to, if they were going to stop a company that is essentially running a marketplace that that can both sell batteries and make batteries that they also sell on their website, then why would they go after? You know, if that's already being allowed to happen, what's the difference with selling movies? that a different movie house is, is making and then also making your own things and selling it alongside it. It's, it's the exact same thing. That being said, from a personal standpoint, it's a little scary to see a company that controls so many outlets for things. Um, something else I saw was that, and, and this is from the internet. This one is from the internet. So <laughs> who knows if it's, if there's any do with it as you will, <laughs> yeah, do with this one as you will. But there was some, there was some chit chat that I read about the fact that Amazon may be gearing up to actually buy theaters as well. So you now have a company that sells, makes and airs and you know, <laughs> the whole shebangabang from start to finish. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you're, you know, like how you feel about that kind of vertical. <laughs> I, I I am all for it. Yeah. 
I, well, you know, here's the thing. It, before we steer it to a political vein right. that this is kind of angling to, right? If a company can produce quality things in all of these arenas and do it in an affordable manner, I don't care if they own everything. And you know, honestly, I'm kind of of the same opinion. Yeah, I think about okay, say what you. I don't know what people think about Apple computers, but I think about Apple in the sense that they have created not just software, but software that goes along with hardware mm-hmm. so seamlessly that the that the end product is far better, in my opinion, just my humble opinion, than the PC market where you're now using a much wider variety of programs to operate a a machine that's that's allowing for all these other programs to operate within whereas the majority of things that run on apple computers have a much more strict mm-hmm. strict guidelines as to how they function within the within an apple computer and i sort of see it the same way with with these companies where if everything is integrated to complement everything else then your end product may actually be better because they're all working together towards this great mm-hmm. product in the end. So no, I, I 100% agree. And I mean, look at Apple, they got Apple TV. They were looking at buying MGM, right? I'm sure there will be Apple movie theaters somewhere down the line. Yeah. They're trying I mean, to make cars for Pete's sake. Right. right? So, <laughs> I, saw, I saw the prototype for that. It was a little silly, but yeah. it's, so, it's probably not far down the line. I think that as we continue to move forward, and this will probably be past our lifetimes, but you're going to start seeing companies continue to do this and consolidating other things. And the government's going to try and step in with, you know, you know, what is it? The Rico stuff and, and, you know, you know, the monopolies and all that, that, that garbage and, and, and try and put a stop to it. But I think it's going to get to a point where even the U S government's not going to be able to do that. That part is a little frightening to me. <laughs> if it gets to the point where the companies become so well, I don't want to delve into. No, we, <laughs> we're, uh, we're getting well, we're getting way too far that's, off. <laughs> that's for our new podcast coming soon. Ben and Jason piss each other off with politics. Oh, I, no, I nope, <laughs> nope. Coming to a podcast nowhere that will never exist. <laughs> that that podcast is definitely buried in a real undisclosed location. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, anymore, it feels like it's just cool to pick on companies that do well. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Bernie Bernie Sanders is going after the Blue Origin contract, too. Yeah. So apparently, I don't know if you know, but the NASA awarded the Lunar Lander contract to SpaceX mm. that Blue Origin was also bidding for, but okay. they gave it to SpaceX. So mm-hmm. now Blue Origin's trying to angle some way to get into it as a second option. Ah. And Bernie Sanders is like, no, 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 no. We're not doing it. Forget it. (laughs) (laughs) Not another dime to go into space. Um, (laughs) And, you know, I'm reading this whole thing. It's like, what is your malfunction, dude? This is good for everybody. It makes work. It gets jobs. Yeah. We go to the moon. And I know that people don't care about that stuff nearly as much as I do. Mm-hmm. But everything good in the world came from the space program in the last 50, 60 years. That's true. You don't like putting up zippers and buttons? 
you got it. NASA to thank for that Velcro that you're putting your old people shoes on with. Right? <laughs> you know, Tang was not the best thing, but uh, you know what I'm saying? Mm. It's silly when the government just decides to go and say, hey, you know what? We're going to ruin your fun. Right. <laughs> We're sorry you're so successful to make so much money. Um, <laughs> I mean, if I'm being honest, I, I kind of do hope that it does go through because I, the last thing I want is for MGM to be set out to sea yet again and giving the broccolis even less incentive to start making another Bond movie. Yeah, like exactly. That, I mean, it's going to take a, a long enough time to get another Bond movie anyway because we have to reset now that Craig is gone. Yep. yep. It's like we're probably already looking at five years. I mean, if I'm if I'm thinking in realistic terms, even with Amazon as the as the second partner, mm, I I, I mean maybe once unless, once unless, they pick a Bond, yeah, and they get a script, it will go very quickly with that kind of backing. That's the thing is I'm wondering. How much of a push is Amazon going to give Eon to try and get this thing moving forward? I, I really, that's the thing I wonder is like, how, how much bribery and <laughs> incentive are they going to throw at the Broccoli's to get another Bond movie out there? Or is it going to be yet another friction-filled business uh, partnership you know, just like it was with MGM. I mean, at the very least, at least Amazon isn't going to be carrying, you know, a shit ton of debt. No. And and so that that is no longer part of the equation anymore. And we can just get on with the business of making movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I honestly don't think I, I don't think we go another five years to getting a Bond movie because think? I don't I don't think the Bond universe out there will will stand for that on nonsense no yeah well we're all just sort of losing our mind i mean i it, it for a while now it's almost felt like well that movie is never happening no time to mm -hmm. die is never happening like i've <laughs> since about january i've sort of been like well that movie's never coming out. So I'm just going to focus on a bunch of other shit right yeah. now. <laughs> and that's what I say. I don't think the franchise could survive another, another delay like that. Yeah. It's just too much. And the, and the gaps have been getting bigger and bigger. And it's just, people, well, are gonna, people are either going to lose interest or they're going to start just sort of, because it's been gone, they're like, ah, that's old hat. Like that's, Washed that's up. It. That's washed up. Why would we even go back to that now? No Bond fans are not going to know. Not go see the movie, right? Regardless of when it comes out, if they didn't release another Bond movie for ten years, everybody that's a James Bond fan would go see it. Sure, but those people aren't carrying the franchise into uh, financial stability. Right. right. It's, you know, it's, it's the, the people that think, oh, cool. That looks cool. Yeah. Cool. Right? New action movie. Let's go see it. Right. Oh, it's like that Tom Cruise movie. You know, they're those people. Right. Right. Because they, they could give two shits about James Bond. They know who he <laughs> is. They're going to see something cool or whatever else. They're right. not going because it's James Bond. And so the longer that character stays out of the public consciousness mm -hmm. without Less. something to daily or refresh the memory you start losing people by bucket loads because they just don't care. It's not there. Yeah. The bigger, better, brighter, wider thing comes on. You know, Mission Impossible 18. Well, Tom's not <laughs> stopping. <laughs> exactly. They aren't going to replace Ethan Hunt with a younger actor. <laughs> no. I have I have a theory. Have I told, did I talk about our theory about that on here? I don't think so. 
Okay, I'm I'm just gonna state it right now. I don't care. Okay. I'm, just, I'm in a mood today. I think that it. Well, well okay. I don't know. Come See, on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it, and then I'm gonna regret it because it probably won't happen at all. Well, it doesn't matter. We say a ton but, of shit on this show that doesn't happen. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but I kind of think that Ilsa is going to replace Ethan at some point in the mission timeline. Hmm. Do you that's, think? That's what I think. I think that I could even see in mission eight that at the towards the very end of the movie. Handing off the torch. I think Ethan will die hmm. and, and Ilsa will take over. Or, you know, or, or. Ethan could become the secretary. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. You still get Cruz in there. Yeah. You still yeah. have the, the Tom Cruisiness, but he's only just sort of from, from afar. Yeah. Or, you know, you, 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 you kickstart it by Rathaconing it, right? You take it 11 years in the future. He's been in charge for 11 years. And <laughs> now he's got to go on a last ditch effort mission <laughs> with his handpicked team. That's and, right. Uh, so, it, Luther dies at the end in between glass oh where they're God. talking to each other. I would be so heartbroken. If I Luther have been ever. and always shall be your friend. <laughs> we have to meet Ethan. Ugh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> see, that's the problem. That's the problem is we've been waiting for this movie. We've been waiting for no time to die so long. That even we just now have <laughs> managed to find a tangent mm-hmm. off to Mission Impossible Land because there's been so much more, co- so much more coming out about that movie, right? And if if could you imagine if just for the sake of of saying it, if No Time to Die didn't come out at the beginning of October, or worse, what if it did come out at the beginning of October and it was worse than Spectre? Oh, boy. So everybody's been waiting for all this time, and it turns out to be an unpolished turd because at least Spectre had a little shine on it. Right. But what if it just turns out to be a not good movie? Oh, God. Then if they don't hurry to the next one, then they're really in trouble. That's what I'm saying. In trouble. Yeah. Not that I not that I think that's going to happen. I've seen bad Bond movies and I'll still watch them again. So, you know, you would really have to. You really have to want to sink this ship to sink it. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, when I first saw Spectre, I was chomping at the bit to see it. I was so gung-ho. And even after, right after I got out of the theater, I was like, that was pretty good. But the only reason I said that was pretty good was because I hadn't seen a Bond movie in about three years, (laughs) (laughs) three or four years. And And then about a year later, I'm like, no. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't all that good. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till we review it. It's going to be excellent. It's going to be excellent. We'll see what happens, right? Yeah. You know, people were all up in arms when Disney was going to buy Fox too, right? Right. People were all up in arms when Disney was going to buy Star Wars. Remember that nonsense? Yeah. And look at and look at how much awesome stuff we've gotten already. Right. We've gotten a couple of questionables couple questionables but we also got the mandalorian we got baby yoda (laughs) when they when they moved away from the core content Mm -hmm. it shines yeah nobody cared about episodes nine or episode (laughs) whatever yeah seven eight nine seven eight nine nobody cared i didn't care right after seven i'm like could not give two shits can i watch rogue one again because that was awesome right (laughs) 
<laughs> so uh, everybody, everybody gets in a tizzy. It's never going to go through. Oh, they're they did the same thing with Fox. Well, now they're going to own a movie studio and a T and they're Disney and they own TV stations and movie. Th- Disney owns movie theaters, by the way, that they play their own content and a premiere. It, right. So everybody talked about it. Guess what? It went through. People this will go it. through. Yeah. And like I said, we won't see anything about it till No Time to Die comes out. We won't even see anything about it then. It's going to be the battle of where it's going after it hits the theaters. Right. I'm also curious, actually, one last thought. I am curious about whether or not Paramount still has the, um, Paramount, I believe, still has the distribution for No Time to Die. And so that could be an interesting thing to see if that changes. Is Paramount going to get a payout? so that Amazon can carry the distribution? Um, actually, I think it's, I think it is. Um... <laughs> is the, is the, is the uh, secretary telling us we're going too long? <laughs> Hold on, I'm getting a text message. <laughs> it's coded, I'll have to translate later. Anyway, I believe it's universal. Oh, yes, yes, not Paramount. Universal. But I believe you. Universal only has the distribution outside of North America. So it shouldn't affect anything here in the U.S. and Canada and Mexico. It's just outside of that. So maybe they'll just hold that contract where it lives and and just move on afterwards. I don't think there's anything that Amazon could do about it because I'm fairly certain that was negotiated through Eon because they have the distribution rights. Yeah. Yeah. So so MGM is probably only going to be North America. Can you imagine what kind of a brouhaha that's going to do in terms of Amazon selling it in the UK. Oh my goodness. This is why I'm glad I'm not a corporate lawyer. (laughs) Oh my God. This is glad why I have, I'm glad I have nothing to do with that side of the business. Nope. Nope. The end of the day, I just want the damn movie to come out so I can watch it. Yeah. And then we can see what happens afterwards. Yeah. I, you know, and like I said, it's been so long. We've all been waiting so long. I definitely think what is in order for us this is a few months down the line. I think we need to to like do an episode where we just review the trailers all over again, just so we can remind ourselves what the hell the movie is supposed to be about <laughs> and pontificate on what's going to happen. But that should be like literally like a week before we go. Yeah, absolutely. And then we can come up with all sorts of ridiculous theories that will not pan out, but it'll be fun. <laughs> As always. <laughs> well... That's a little ways off because we've got some we've got some big movie reviews coming up soon. So. Well, we've been promising one. We've been promising one, and I admittedly I had to put things on, put the brakes on just a little because family came out, and you know, Mom Patrol, Mom Patrol, Mom Patrol. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I assure you, the win- winter is coming. <laughs> 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 Sorry, it was <a> terrible pun. <laughs> I kind of feel like it had to be done. Though, it really so. kind of had to be done. I'll allow it. <laughs> but uh, as always, we are looking for listener interaction. And uh, if you have an idea for a movie that you'd like us to review, much like our listener who is uh, who suggested that we do Winter Soldier, which is coming soon, um, please uh, let us know. <laughs> Or uh, just tell us how you like the podcast or, you know, anything. I don't care. 
Tell me what you want. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to tell talk about the weather? Dreams. Tell me your dreams. You just <laughs> whatever, whatever you want. <laughs> Our email is uh, cicdeaddrop at gmail.com. Our Instagram is Central Intelligence Cinema spaced by underscores and our twitter is at cic spy pod yeah so let us know stuff say hi yeah and hey while you're while you're doing that you know uh if you do like our podcast and we hope that you do we would assume that you know we're what 17 episodes in here that if you're still listening you're finding something entertaining about it something (laughs) you know Whatever it is that's bringing you back. Uh, we recommend you drink while listening. <laughs> absolutely. In fact, you could make several drinking games just out of any of the random things that we say. I'm Every sure time we, we say woo as fuck. <laughs> woo as fuck. I forgot the button. I didn't bring my button with me. <laughs> I forgot the woo as fuck button for this one. It'll be back. I promise. <laughs> oh. Well, hey, if you whatever it. If you're out there, you're looking at it, you like woo as fuck. Hey, that's great, too. But, uh, you know, why don't you leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you are listening on. And if you feel like it, dive in and give us kind of a review. It doesn't have to be wordy. It doesn't have to be a novel. It could just be say, these guys are amazingly funny. You need to listen to them. Totally true. Um, (laughs) But, you know, leave that review for us. Five stars. It gets us noticed and puts us up higher in the hierarchy so that other people will notice us and come and join us in the fun and adventure that is the CIC podcast. Indeed, indeed. And we can form our little CIC community, a network of spies, if you will. All from undisclosed locations. All from undisclosed locations. We do love the undisclosed locations. Indeed. Undisclosed locations. But I suppose that's uh, that's about it. Uh, with that, I'm Ben. I'm Jason. And the CIC will return with more missions, more martinis, and more mayhem. <laughs> <laughs>